listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Dalton Miller, Pro Football Network. will join us coming up in a little more than 30 minutes time. Roy Cummings, one hour from now, now that it's official, where do the Bucs go from here for a quarterback and, for that matter, for an offensive coordinator? They bring in somebody who's been there before back. We'll talk to Roy Cummings about that one hour from now. Saw something, saw a tweet yesterday that I wanted to ask you the same basic question that this person asked of the Twitter audience because Brady's the goat in football. If we were to have a goat, period, one goat, all sports, one greatest of all time, David, where would you go? Well, I would go very far back and that would anger a lot of people, but the person that I would bring up is the case. If I went before the jury, okay, that this is the person that I would want to defend. If I'm going to lose, I want to lose saying Babe Ruth. Because for as great as Gretzky, for as great as Brady, for as great as Jordan, and that was, by the way, the question that I saw a lot of yesterday, you know, if you take three players regarded as the goats in their sport, you know, of the goats, which was the greatest, Brady, Jordan, or Gretzky. So if you just go there, but to me, right, I would go Babe Ruth because what the sport was before Babe Ruth, inter- I mean, Babe Ruth led the league in homers with 11 very early in his career. Then he got the cream or the clear, and he started hitting the you-know-what out of the ball. (laughs) Right. Okay. And and just 11. Two years later, he hit 54. I mean, just to give you an idea, I mean, I think at the time that Ruth became the all-time home run leader in baseball history, I don't think anyone had hit 200 homers. He hit 714. I don't think there's been an athlete to overwhelm their sport and take it to not just another level, but quite frankly, to three different levels. Oh, yeah, and he pitched. And he won nearly 100 games. And, you know, and like Brady, he was a part of seven world champions, three with the Red Sox, four with the Yankees. So believe it or not, but, you know, I mean, Ruth hasn't played in 90 years. So it's that's not a very sexy answer. But so if you want to make it like post-World War II or, you know, in the ESPN era or something like that, I'll give you a different answer. But believe it or not, Babe Ruth would be my answer. I don't think there's been an athlete dominate their sport from where it was before that person showed up to where it became when they were done like Babe Ruth. Out of the three. Brady, Jordan, and Gretzky. I would, this would be so hard for me because the numbers that Gretzky put up are ridiculous. 
he did things that no one had ever done in that sport. And while Brady has done it with accomplishments throughout his career, Gretzky has the championships. Not seven. No one does. But are hardly very few do. I would probably lean Gretzky, but I'm a hockey guy. Yeah, Gretzky was my answer to that poll question also. You know, like Mike Francesa, you know, don't want to show a, a New York bias here, you know, even though I grew up in Jersey and what have you. But Mike and the Mad Dog, a famous sports talk radio show, and Stephen A. Smith reunited them yesterday on his show. And it just so happened an hour and a half before they went on, Brady retired. So, you know, that turns out to be a good day for them. So Mike Francesa said something that I thought was interesting. And that hasn't happened a lot in the last 10 years. Francesca said, listen, Brady wasn't the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. Peyton Manning was. And Brady wasn't the greatest Super Bowl quarterback of all time. Joe Montana was. Now, you can argue with both those statements. But there are some people that actually agreed with that. He goes, now, is he the GOAT? Yes. You know, the winner? The, the Yes. You know, Francesca goes, so to he was trying to make the point that Brady is actually a fascinating case study. You cannot argue with the resume. He retires number one in every major passing stat. And, oh, by the way, no player has more Super Bowl rings. And, and I don't know yet, if anyone I, – I don't know if anyone will end up with more Super Bowl rings than Tom Brady. Like, I, I think that's locked. Well, and not only that, I mean, appearing in 10 Super Bowls – I mean, that's just shake your head, bat playing crazy. I mean, this is Mahomes' third, you know, for some perspective here. But also, you know, the one, and I'd have to do this off the top of my head, but I think he played in like 14 or 15 conference championship games. You know, like I'm trying to think of the one, because obviously if you're in 10 Super Bowls, you're in 10 conference championship games. Well, he lost in 06. He lost three conference championship games to Peyton. Peyton beat him with the Colts in 06. He beat him with the Broncos in 13 and 15. Didn't the Ravens got him once? Flacco and the Ravens got him in 2012. Right. I mean, so he, he was in a minimum of 14 conference championship games. That's just staggering. But back to the argument. I mean, it is funny. I mean, let's be honest. You know, they're throwing the football. If Dan Marino and Tom Brady were throwing the ball around, who would you who would you pick for your team? Dan Marino. Right. You know, I mean, Brady, there are, I mean, how many MVPs did Peyton win? Five? Something like that? You know, I mean, Tom, all his greatness, you know, three. He has more Super Bowl MVPs than he has regular season MVPs. How ridiculous is that? But as you said, it's and we equate everything to winning. Mm-hmm. No one thinks Bill Russell's the greatest basketball player that ever played. The best winner. Brady is the. You know how like you have the black and white era of television, then you you know color TV in sports. It's like the ESPN era and before ESPN. You know, Brady's our Russell. Bill Russell, greatest winner of all time, the 11 world championships, you know, the two NCAA championships and an Olympic gold medal. I mean, 
but Brady's our Russell. 100%. But did he dominate his sport the way Jordan could dominate his sport? I mean, 63 in a playoff game. Six for six in the finals. Gretzky, best player on a dynasty that won four cups in five years and took a franchise that, for all intents and purposes, didn't exist and took him to the finals and put him on the map. If it wasn't for him, that franchise would not be in business today. And there'd be about six other teams that wouldn't be in the NHL if it wasn't for him either. 212 points in a season. 212 points. There's no wrong answer when you ask that poll question, by the way. You know, of the goats, who's the greatest? Jordan, Brady, or Gretzky? There is no wrong answer. But you and I apparently would both have clicked on Gretzky. You know, we're getting a few people in the Twitch chat room and a few texters that are going with Ali. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that ain't bad. It's a good nominee. That's just good, you know, coming around the turn, you know, on the outside. I'm going to you know, ride that horse. Yeah, okay. Pretty good horse. So, you know, there's no wrong answer to these questions, but. Thought when you were going old school on me, I thought you were going to make a case for Ted Williams. I don't know why. In my head, before you did Ruth, I just had this feeling. I knew you were going old school. There was never a doubt in my mind to when you first started going to games. But I I thought <laughs> I thought it would be a little later on. Okay. Do you know Babe Ruth at 342? 342. I mean, I, Babe Ruth's batting average is higher than Tony Gwynn's. Andy hit 714 home runs. I'm telling you, that's the case I want to present to the jury. Mark, there's a 14-year period of time in which he led baseball in slugging percentage 13 of the 14 years. Babe Ruth against the whole sport. I'll take Ruth. I mean, that's that's that, how amazing that he batting is. average number is staggering. I, I got because one, we knew we knew all you know the big numbers. You know right. that one's one that right. doesn't get spoken of. Okay, now obviously they didn't have this stat when he played, so they had to retroactively figure it out. Care to take a guess at what Babe Ruth's war was? 111. Higher. 142. Higher. Remember, 70's a Hall of Famer. Just so you know, basically, if you post a 70, they're like, oh, well, that's a Hall of Famer. Mark just guessed 142. Higher. It's not three times 70. He's not over 200, is he? No, 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 he's not. Okay, so I, I, let us have the number. 183. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once again, when you start going down these roads, there is no wrong answer. But for what it's worth, that's my... He was voted pre-sports center. He was voted the greatest athlete of the first half of the 20th century. And then remember ESPN did the greatest athletes of the 20th century. And I believe Ruth came in third. I believe it was Ali Jordan, or it might've been Ali Ruth, Jordan, Jim Brown. He came in second or third. 
They voted Ali number one. And you brought up Jim Brown that I would think a lot of people driving around this morning shouted that name out when the all-time GOAT came up. 21,000 is the text line. Love to hear from you today on what your thoughts on the greatest of all time is all sports on one AB. That's one after Brady. I hope nobody takes offense to that because that's pretty solid. If they do, 21,000, and you can let me know how I offended you, and I'll be sure to respond. (laughs) Yeah, just add it to the list, right? (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) Uh, Like Fort Gator in our Twitch chat room said, Michael Phelps. Got to admit, (laughs) yeah, kind of the Babe Ruth is swimming. You're on to something. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Dalton Miller, ProFootballNetwork.com, joining us coming up in a little more than fifteen minutes. Roy Cummings to join us coming up at the top of the hour. We think we've kind of summed up how it is we'd like to frame the whole life after Tom Brady discussion today. You know, Mark, I thought you summed it up pretty well last segment. With who the goat is of all time? Yeah, the the goat of goats type deal. You know, it just is, you know, and there's no wrong answer. We all have our, like my mom just texted me Jim Thorpe. Seen that one on, seen that one in the Twitch chat room. Um, you know, someone on the text line did send in Dale Earnhardt, which I always love the gearhead just coming in the show saying, damn it, there you go. the GOAT's Dale. There All right, go. damn it, that's it, we're done. Okay. Richard Petty, 200 wins, second closest is 105, we're you know, done. make your case, Jimbo, make we're done. your case. So... By the way, Johnny Yo in our Twitch chat room said Brady should have retired today. And, you know, Brady's retirement would have been on Groundhog Day. See? I thought the fact that he actually, and I didn't realize until I had to look it up. It was a year to the date that he retired the first time. I know. Is that ironic? Or is that planned? He doesn't seem to be a very ironic guy. Everything seems to be planned in his world. I will say the social media people he hired once he got to Tampa were tremendous. Wonder how many of them he'll keep on staff. Because his social media has been entertaining. Absolutely. And it's been self-deprecating, too. So. But just, you know, of the goats, you know, who's your goat? You know, some people are asking if Brady's the best quarterback, who's number two. You know, but, you know, just of the goats. If we're going goats, who's the greatest goat? You know, just there are no wrong answers. Knock yourself out. 21,000 is the text line, 21000. This could be one of those things you've never texted us before, though, but you actually want to respond to this. So you got to type in the keyword FSN radio, send that to 21,000, and, you know, let us know. There you have it. David made his case for Babe Ruth. David and I both picking Gretzky if we're going 
the colored television era, if you will? You know, Brady, Jordan, Gretzky. You know, that's been a popular poll question from radio shows who midday yesterday and in the afternoon yesterday. And, you know, you've got the, you know, Brady just retired, so maybe he gets a few more votes than he otherwise normally would if we ask that question three months from now. But, and usually Gretzky finishes last of the three. I mean, Mark, I don't know if you looked at the results of some of these poll questions, but, you know, I saw a lot of 40-30-30 yesterday between Brady, Jordan, and Gretzky. No Ali from you guys, huh? Well, we kind of, I mean, we're doing team sports. It's hard with boxing. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'll say this. If Tiger hadn't self-destructed physically and emotionally, you know, I mean, if Tiger could have done what he did again, I mean, then he would have been on the Mount Rushmore of sports. And we thought at the age he was... in 2000, you know, when he was walking off the course at Torrey Pines, having won the U.S. Open on a broken leg in 2008, and he was at 14 majors, and he was 32, we were looking around at one another going, damn, this guy's going to, like, win 25. It's going to be crazy. I have my answer for Goat of Goats, and it's it's Lionel Messi. Okay. Once again, I, I will say, there's no wrong answer to this. First off, we're asking your opinion. Right. And and then, you know, we also get a feel as to what sport from everybody who answers, like, means more. I was actually surprised, Felipe. I thought you were going to be the first one to put LeBron out there because you're a LeBron over Jordan guy. But here's the thing. I think that, again, this is going to sound like it doesn't make sense, but I think that Jordan is – greater than LeBron, but LeBron is better at basketball than Michael Jordan. Because Jordan had a more impactful career than LeBron have, James did to sports. I have to admit, I need to lie down after that explanation. I do. I, I'm, You know, it, that reminds me of we're back in college and Felipe's the teacher and he threw that out at the beginning of the semester and we're going to spend all semester analyzing that statement. Yeah. Maybe there's a maybe there's a teaching course in your future. Maybe you can, I should just start a podcast. I'll just do that. The, if you if you start there, whoo, man. I think it's time to get to the play of the day with that one. And this is my nominee. I know what this is. This happened in Wisconsin. This happened at a high school basketball game where the fans started giving the referee a hard time. And the PA announcer in the game between Brookfield Central and Cedarburg, did this. I would like to take this opportunity to remind all fans, and I should have done this a lot earlier, shut up. The WIAA is always looking for officials, and since you do such a good job from the stands, get on the floor, wear a striped shirt, and do it yourselves. That's right. That's right, the PA announcer told the crowd, I would like to take this opportunity to tell all fans, and I should have done this a lot earlier, shut up. (laughs) The WIAA, which is the Wisconsin whatever athletic association, 
is always looking for officials, and since you do such a good job from the stands, get down on the floor in a striped shirt and do it yourselves. Since then, the there's a Wisconsin organization, the National Association of Sports Officials, said I haven't spoken with the PA announcer. I don't know the PA announcer personally, but I'm really going to commend him for doing that. <laughs> I have to admit that's very un-Wisconsin-like. They're friendly in Wisconsin. I mean, unless you diss the Packers, they're they're very friendly group of people that is our clutch vodka play of the day that is clutch with the k it's outstanding it really is and it's our it's our public service announcement to remind everybody that we need officials we need them in basketball we need them in baseball we need them in football we need them in hockey we need them in soccer and leave them alone they get paid squat and they don't really need to hear it from you Ladies and gentlemen, we have spent many a commercial break the last two days trying to talk Felipe into being an official. He seems to want a coach. And we're not talking about a Division One program. He's just talking about, you know, maybe coach some Rec kids League. and what have you. And we're like, no, no, no. They need officials more than they need coaches. Come on. Come on. Do the officiating thing. One of my oldest well, friends in the world who was a really good high school basketball player, like had the rebound record at a school, was a good, good player, played college football. And I didn't realize this. I've known him since we were in the seventh grade. I found out recently he's been doing high school basketball for like 10 years. And he had a mouth when he played. A big, I mean, in seventh grade, getting teed up mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, how can you do this? I, how how loose are you with the tees? He goes, some of them I'll give a little warning. Some of them I'll tell them that you're, you're walking the line. And every once in a while, I got to just give, I got to give him the big T. And I'm like, that's fantastic and Felipe did tell us okay that you know uh, on his bucket list would be to tee someone yes yes (laughs) that is a dream of mine I want to assess a technical foul to someone Uh, sometimes you dream big and sometimes you dream small love that one Felipe that (laughs) we can do that Felipe awesome we can get that done oh I'll let you know I don't know how the YMCA is going to feel when you tee up a seven-year-old. But... <laughs> and then you warn the coach. Get back in the box. Miller and Moulton. 21,000 is the text line looking for the goat of all goats today on 1AB, one day after Brady. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening. The Florida Sports Network. Okay. Bang, bang, you're dead there, y'all. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the hour. Thanks so much for being with us, Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Dalton Miller kind enough to join us on this Thursday at this time. He's the lead football analyst for ProFootballNetwork.com, ProFootballNetwork.com. You can follow that on Twitter at PFN365. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton B. Miller, Dalton the letter B. Miller. Dalton, it's David and Mark. Thanks for doing this again. How are you? David, Mark, I am doing fantastic. How are you guys? Well, we are fine. It is 1AB, one day after Brady. You did the deep dive into the numbers. Man, that must have took a while because he's got numbers. Yes, 
he definitely has some numbers. And it's, it's funny, I did that. I actually originally wrote that piece on February 1st of 2022. And then uh, on February 1st, 2023, we got to go back in and look at the numbers again and update all of the numbers for that piece. So uh, it was a lot of fun going back through it and seeing what Tom, uh, you know, was even able to accomplish this year in what was definitely a, a down year and a year where we kind of saw his skill set start to diminish. When you go through the numbers, was there, you know, obviously the Super Bowls we know, but some of the passing numbers, is there any of them that, that just stopped you in your tracks? Was there, was there one set of numbers that you just were miffed by? It, it's so tough because it, it's really all of them. When, when you are as good as he has been throughout the course of his career, I, I think a lot of the records that he has broken are going to remain unbroken throughout a, a course of a career. But I think if there's anything that you can sit and you can look at and say, like, that is definitely not going to be broken, it's got to be all of his passing numbers in the playoffs just because I don't think we'll see somebody who can consistently get to that AFC championship game year in and year out like he was able to do uh, with the New England Patriots. And then, you know, obviously all the Super Bowls that he has played in on top of, you know, the uh, the many, many that he won. So, I just think that his playoff numbers are some of the more untouchable records in professional sports. Talking with Dalton Miller, Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com. Follow Dalton on Twitter, Dalton B. Miller, Dalton, the letter B, uh, Miller. Uh, If you were advising, Tom, like, do you think people want him to go to the booth? Like, do you think, because it's funny, there are some people who have Brady fatigue, Dalton. That's what we found out yesterday, that there are some people that are like, listen, love him, admire him, the whole deal. It'll be nice to have a year without Tom Brady. Well, we may not have a year without Tom Brady. We may have a game without Tom Brady. I mean, if he takes that lead analyst at Fox gig, you know, he's going to be arguably the number one voice in the sport. So just curious, do you think, you know, if you were advising Brady, would you say, oh, yeah, man, do it? Or would you say, you know what, take a gap year? Well, I mean, I, I definitely hope that he takes a gap year. I, I've become a huge fan of Greg Olson in that number one spot at Fox. And obviously, whenever Tom Brady, because of who Tom Brady is, it doesn't matter how good at the job or bad at the job he is. And with his drive, I, I can't imagine Tom Brady would be anything but stellar as an analyst. Um but I, I think if he's going to do anything, I hope that he takes an entire year off and just gets away from football, spends time with the family, does all that, and then he gets back into it. You know, maybe he gets that number one seat at Fox. You know, when they give him that, or if he comes in even next year and is, uh, you know, on one of the shows um, that uh, you know is, is sitting behind the desk, not at the games. You know, doing pregame, postgame, halftime stuff like that at Fox for a year. I just. I, more than anything, don't want to see Greg Olson show so much promise and then just immediately get kicked out of that first seat because the greatest quarterback of all time is ready to start uh, calling games. Well, the one thing for Olson, he's got a clause in his contract, so if a number one spot opens anywhere else, he can jump. And it still won't be a bad gig making about $3 million a year to be the B guy on Fox, but I understand where you're coming from. What are you hearing on the coaching jobs in Arizona and Indianapolis? Is there anything going to break here soon? Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. I, I keep waiting for that indie job to, to get going and for them to actually hire a coach, and then I see that somebody else is coming in for a second interview, and it just kind of continues to keep going. But, 
you know, we're, we're to the point of the, the cycle where things are going to start happening. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the dominoes have already started to fall with the other jobs, the other three. Um, but I'm just so interested in the Arizona job in particular, and with Brian Flores being one of the top candidates for that job, because a lot of the reasons he got booted out of Miami was because of his relationship with the quarterback. So he's going to go and he's going to be the head coach on a team with Kyler Murray as the quarterback. <laughs> it just it doesn't make sense to me that that would be, you know, the the, the place that Arizona goes to it unless they really want to say, hey we are going to hold our players accountable in a way that doesn't really happen at the NFL level because these players make so much money, so much more money than the head coaches do. Um, it, it would be really interesting to see Flores there, but I, I think that it would be a disastrous marriage uh, between him and Kyler. You know, he obviously was a tremendous defensive coach and back-to-back winning seasons with the Dolphins, but you know, afterwards, Dalton, I mean, he really doesn't play well with others, or at least didn't. And, you know, is a year enough time to all of a sudden to, you know, lighten up, dude? You got to get along with your staff. You got to get along with your quarterback. I mean, it seems is is a year enough time to learn that lesson for Brian Flores. You know, I I really don't know. Um, And I don't think so. There's something about, and it's, People say it all the time, and then people talk about the Bill Belichick tree all of the time. But there's so much truth to his guys going and trying to get head coaching jobs elsewhere and getting head coaching jobs elsewhere and trying to instill this Patriot way of things. And it just does not work out anywhere else other than New England. And it's just because Bill Belichick has been able to, to cultivate this relationship with players and with coaches and with the front office over 30 years. 40 years of coaching and these guys are, are a lot of them are fresh and they go in and they try to rule with an iron fist. They try to get control, you know, roster control, just like Bill has in new England. And it, it backfires. We saw it with Bob. Bob uh, was a, a good coach in, in Houston and he just kept pressing for more and more responsibility and going out of his scope of, uh, of what he is good at, at coaching. And then that team fell apart and he ended up getting fired you see guys, you know, all the time go elsewhere, try to rule with an iron fist. The players do not vibe with it. And then they end up going back to, to New England and or going to Alabama and revitalizing their career with either Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. And, you know, it's not a bad place to be. But I think eventually these guys got to figure out and, and, you know, not just sit in those areas go get other jobs, find out how, how other head coaches do it because you're not going to be able to go and replicate what Bill was able to do. And I think going to Pittsburgh is a really good spot uh, for Brian Flores. I, you know, I, is it going to be enough for a year under Mike Tomlin? I, I don't think so. Um, not with how, um, you know, un, unwell Brian Flores works with others. I don't think a year is going to get the job done, but, you might be able to learn a lot from Mike Tomlin after a year because he's one of those coaches that doesn't matter what team he is given, he's able to get the most out of those guys. Dalton, you're a Cowboys guy. They made a big change. Kellen Moore out, and now McCarthy's going to call the plays. Your thoughts on the head coach calling plays in Dallas? Will it be something that helps them? They had the fourth scoring offense in the league last year. It didn't seem like that was where the change needed to be made, but they feel that's where it needs to be made. 
Yeah, I think that there was more to it, and Albert Breer kind of uh, spoke to it a, a little bit, I think, as well, that the relationship between Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, there was, you know, problems, you know, within those three, and when there's issues with those three, obviously uh, the offensive coordinator is going to be the one to go. The head coach is going to try to do whatever he can to save his job, and is his job on the line? No, and it should it be on the line? No. They were a 12-5 team this year. They didn't have Dak for five games. Um, and I, I think they really kind of overachieved at the end of the day. Um, I think that there were things that Kellen Moore could do better, but I think more than anything, it was that Kellen Moore was not Mike McCarthy's guy. He was already there when Mike got there. They were trying to groom Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator there. And I think at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy just thinks that he can do a better job calling the plays than, than Kellen Moore could. So he's going to bring in one of his guys as the offensive coordinator. He's going to call the plays and, is it going to go well? Probably not. Um, but, you know, that's uh, that's what a job or what a guy that is trying to save his job and has experience as a play caller is going to do. Now, hopefully that year looking at PFF grades and all that stuff in the barn really helped out, the you know, his offense. But I have my reservations. Eagles, Chiefs in the Super Bowl, the two one seeds. When you look at these two teams and how they are positioned – do you think their window is still wide open in Kansas City and in Philadelphia? Because, like, I keep looking at Kelsey, and I know Mahomes is amazing, but he needs a beast as a weapon. And he used to have Kelsey and Hill, and now he's got Kelsey. And Kelsey's now, what, 33? Yep. I'm just – I'm trying to figure out, you know, they're probably going to lose one of their two stud defensive linemen because of the cap. I I guess I'm wondering, when you have Mahomes, you'll always have a puncher's chance. But this championship window for Kansas City, how open do you believe it is? Yeah, with, with Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes, that combination, I think you always are going to have a puncher's chance no matter what you really put on the field. I think Andy Reid is the best offensive mind in the NFL, and I actually don't think it's particularly close. Um, getting uh, another weapon in through the draft, through trade, wh- however you end up doing it through free agency eventually, they're going to need somebody because you're right. Travis Kelsey is not going to last forever. You're not going to be able to give him 150 targets a year. Um, for very much longer. So you're going to need to find something in, in Kansas City. I, I think that uh, Philadelphia's window is wide open as long as they can keep a, a pretty good coaching staff together, and they're probably going to lose Jonathan Gannon and, and Steve Steichen at some point. But um, I, I think with the way that Howie works things, they can blow it up and build it back together in, in, in a five-year span anyways. Uh, that defense is going to practically fall apart after this year because uh, they are all free agents pretty much, but I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to rebuild that defense. Is something that comes and goes anyways from year to year, and that entire offense is going to be sticking around, and I don't see it getting much worse as Jalen Hurts continues to get better as a passer. So it, that'll be interesting to watch. I think Philadelphia, just because of the way that the NFC East works, probably not going to win it next year because no NFC East team has repeated since 2004. But uh, I think they're going to continue to be one of the better teams in the NFC over the next couple of years. The AFC is tough with, with the Chiefs, man, because there are all all of the great quarterbacks in the NFL right now are in the AFC, and you know the Chargers are, have been a pretender for a really long time, a lot of fun, um, but not a ton of substance. And they're going to get a lot better with Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator because 
it just couldn't get any worse than what it was with Joe Lombardi. Yeah, we were pointing that out, Dalton, earlier in the show with Brady retiring. And if Rodgers is dealt and dealt to the AFC, or if he retires, that the preponderance of quarterbacks in one conference to the other may be the biggest, uh, well, really since before the the merger. He's Dalton Miller, Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com. You can follow Dalton on Twitter, Dalton B. Miller, Dalton, the letter B. Miller. Dalton, thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Safe travels around the country. Hopefully we can talk between now and when free agency starts. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Dalton Miller, profootballnetwork.com. PFN365 on Twitter. A lot of great information from that site. Boy, that's an interesting comment, though, on the Eagles with no one since 04 repeating that. Because as you look at the NFC, you obviously have San Francisco. We don't know what we have in the North going forward. We really don't because of the uncertainty on Rodgers and the way Cousins plays in the postseason. The South's a mess. Yes. But the difference between the one seed and the five seed. Well, it was two games in the standings. But you could look at it. You know, the Eagles are in a better cap situation than the Cowboys. And obviously their roster is better. The one thing I am curious about, though, you know, Jason Kelsey nearly retired after last year. I mean, in fact, heading into that first round playoff game against the Bucks last year, the feeling was he was walking. Obviously, he came back. He was tremendous. He's the best center in the game. I think he's the best center of the last 30 years but and I know they've got you know three of the other four positions they've got tremendous players at but if Jason Kelsey was seriously considering about retiring a year ago and they're in the Super Bowl now and what if they win it for a second time I mean do you keep playing and Mark if he leaves Things change in Philadelphia. There's no doubt. Obviously calls all the offensive line, you know, runs the offensive line, and it's a great line. But when you lose the catalyst, you obviously take a step back. There is no doubt there. Miller and Moulton, text the show. 21,000 is the number. Love to hear your thoughts today on the Goat of All Goats. Back with more right here on the Florida Sports Network. 